PXG has done it again with the launch of a new lineup of drivers, fairways, hybrids, and irons. The new Gen 5 golf clubs deliver significantly increased MOI, faster ball speeds, longer distances, and tighter dispersions, all coupled with the exceptional feel and sound golfers have come to expect from PXG. Schedule your custom fitting or buy online at pxg.com. And we're back, Stripe Show Podcast, on a Thursday. I'm your host, Travis Fulton. Thank you for making us part of your day. It's been a great week here on the podcast. Thank you for being here. Today's episode brought to you by About Golf Simulators in the backdrop there. The skeet ball is up. We're getting ready for our junior series, uh, which is sold out. It's been awesome getting the kids here in the studio and uh, training them using the simulator there. This was not planned, though. I've got a red shirt on, and you can see the skeet ball, which is a ton of fun. Um, in the uh, and the felt on the skeet ball is the same. I mean, the exact same shade of red as my shirt. I mean, it's actually kind of weird how close they are for those joining us on YouTube. We appreciate it. Those listening in on audio as well. The number has been great. Um, thank you for being here as we continue to uh, grow. And of course our goal here, not only, you know, not, we're not even two years old trying to get into the top five. So leave us a comment, a ranking, all those things make sense. Tell your friends, tell your family. We've got a great lineup coming up next week. I'm working on getting Peter Ginsburg back. Uh, one of the top lawyers in this country. He joined me about a month ago and set the stage for the antitrust lawsuit that um, everyone was anticipating. And um, he gave us some great insight on what was going to go down. And now that we're into the antitrust lawsuit, and now a second lawsuit has been filed by Patrick Reed, your boy, against Brandel Chambly and the Golf Channel for $750 million. $750 million. And if you um, read the transcripts there in the lawsuit, guess whose name makes it? Mine. Travis Fulton Golf's podcast. That would be the Stripe Show. Uh, Brandel's been on the podcast a couple times, and uh, we're in there. So anyway, that's where we are. These days, a lot of lawsuits going around. I want to get Peter Ginsburg back uh, to uh, shed some insight on those. Who knows? We'll probably have another one uh, by the time we um, have them on. So plenty to talk about when it comes to legal matters. And, of course, plenty to talk about when it comes to uh, professional golf manners, as well as even in my industry, uh, coaching, if you are on Twitter, you saw the absolute debacle that was um, pissing match between Scott Fawcett, who owns Decade Golf, and um, Brad Faxon, which I'm going to get to here momentarily. But I want to start with Patrick Reed. And, you know, today's episode, cover a little ground here on um, Patrick Reed and, and that lawsuit, and then uh, a little bit about Scott Fawcett and his feud, and then also um, leading into our guest today is uh, Brandon Matthews, who is out in Boise. He finished 10th in the season-long race on the Corn Ferry Tour. Brandon, uh, I would say, is the longest hitter on the Corn Ferry Tour. He's currently 10th on the Corn Ferry Tour right now in driving distance, but they only measure, I think, two or three holes. So, and uh, he, I mean, he is filthy long. 
I mean, like filthy long cruising speed. I want to say 127 miles an hour club head speed cruising. I think he could carry it 350, 360 every time if he wanted to. Uh, we're going to catch up with him and uh, get some uh, updates on his game and also just some perspective. I think it's interesting. You know, we try to get out in front with a lot of these corn Ferry tour players. And, you know, one of the things that's coming about here with live golf is this guaranteed money. And, you know, on the PGA tour, corn Ferry tour, obviously historically uh, you get out there. If you make the cut, you make money. And if you don't, you don't make any money. And I think one of the things that's going to come to the surface here is some guaranteed money. You know, what is the minimum that a player can make on the PGA tour? What's the minimum that a player can make on the corn Ferry tour? I do think we need to move in that direction. Uh, I think that's something that needs to happen. A little more security for these players, uh, especially, you know, I would say on the corn Ferry tour, these, these late bloomers, if you will, which I think Brandon Matthews is uh, 28 years of age, finally making it to the PGA tour. Um, I, I think we, we got to go that way. So it's going to be interesting to see how some of that transpires uh, from the top down Jay Monahan, who, who has a lot in his play clearly um, with live golf, but I would have to think that's one of the points from the player's perspective, they had the meeting in Delaware. No one really knows what they talked about. Um, I, I, I would, I would have to assume that all of the players in that meeting, basically, if you leave this meeting and you do a podcast or an interview and you leak this information, like you're going to get clipped from all meetings moving forward. I, I just would have to think that they had to set the tone in there. Like what we say in here stays in here. And, um, it, and they've done a good job of that. Uh, to this point. So what's going to happen from that meeting um, when it comes to the PGA tour and the direction that they're going to move obviously next with this antitrust lawsuit uh, with LIV and now Patrick Reed um, chiming in individually with his lawsuit against Brandel Chambly and the golf channel. You know, you look at Patrick Reed and it's interesting because I've probably over the years have been, more supportive to Patrick Reed than most. Um, if you go back to my Instagram page and some of the things like I, I like personalities on the PGA tour. Um, you know, not, if they're not my cup of tea, that's okay. Like I don't really see myself hanging out with Patrick Reed. He's not, you know, kind of the, the, the type of person that I'm probably going to hang out with, but that's okay. Like, you know, you know, my beef with Brooks Kepka. you know, this arrogance and cockiness and, you know, even borderline bullying mentality. It's just not my cup of tea, but that's okay. Um, you know, Bryson's immaturity. It's not my cup of tea and that's okay. Like these guys, you know, we are who we are. Right. And, and we're not going to get along with everybody, but I like the, the variety and the difference in personalities and the storylines. And I've said all along, like these guys are going to be missed on the PGA tour. And I think they are missed. I miss Bryson on the PGA tour. I'll admit I miss Brooks on the PGA tour. I miss Patrick Reed's antics on the PGA tour. And there's been a lot of them. There's been a lot of antics and we need some of these villains to be present. We need these different personalities, these different voices to be present. Their storylines, their characters, their personalities. And there's been a lot of antics with Patrick Reed over the years, that's just the reality of the situation. And if I just go through a few of these, and, and a lot of these are just accusations, right? And it goes back to his time at Georgia. Um, you know, there's plenty of accusation. It's been well documented 
about him cheating and stealing, you know, at Georgia. Uh, it continued to Augusta. And I'm not saying that this is exactly what happened, but this is all of the smoke and the acquisitions and the things that have come about. Um, his time at Georgia and his time at Augusta State. You know, he turns pro. You go back to, I just wrote a few of these down that I can remember. Um, you know, just like back to like 2014. Uh, I think he won a tournament. I think he was ranked just inside the top 50 and he calls himself a top five player. He's a top five player on the PGA tour, 2017, the hero, or excuse me, 2019, the hero world challenge. Uh, he's in that fairway bunker there. I mean, it's pretty obvious of what he's doing with the club head and moving the sand. And it certainly looks like he's improving his lie. Right. So you've got that situation. Uh, the act to take the farmer's insurance when he wins back in 2021, where he goes up there and he just picks the ball up. Like who does that? You know, there's just so much smoke when it comes to Patrick Reed uh, and his antics, there's so many words to, you know, just now leaving for the live and the interview that he did uh, up in the, on, on stage there with the other players. And I think one of the questions was, you know, what could the PGA tour different? And Patrick's like, well, they could have listened to the players. You know, they could have listened more to the players could have listened to me. His antics in the Ryder cup and, with Jordan Spieth and the tweets after he wasn't picked on the, on the, the most recent one to Steve Stricker's decisions. I mean, it just, just goes on and on and on with Patrick Reed. And, you know, Reed, I don't know him, but it's like, it, 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 it certainly looks from a distance that he's one of those guys that he behaves a certain way. He acts a certain way. There's a lot of conflict. There's a lot of smoke. Um, there's a lot of, um, controversy that surrounds his behavior. That's the facts, right? And he just deflects it. Like there's no responsibility in it. It's everybody else's fault. They should have listened to me. They should have picked me. They should have done this. They should have done that. There's no responsibility when it comes to Patrick Reed and his behavior. And that's frustrating. You know, yeah, I do miss Patrick and the antics, but what I, what annoys me is when he just takes zero responsibility for any of it and just deflects it and makes it everybody else's problem. And I've said that many times on here. It's everybody else's problem. I think Brooks falls into that. It's not me. And I think when you have that much smoke and you have that much controversy and you have that many enemies and you have all, like at, at some point you probably need to take a step back and look at yourself, you know? You probably need to take a step back and look at yourself. And I think it's fair to say, I don't think Patrick's probably ever going to do that. Instead, $750 million lawsuit. So we'll see how that goes. The other thing that happened, you know, last week was um, this Twitter back and forth between Scott Fawcett and Brad Jackson. I bring it up because I've had a lot of people reach out to me about this. And what do you think of this? And I know a lot of teachers listen to my podcasts, in particular, a lot of young teachers. I've DM'd with many of you back and back, and I appreciate you being here. And, you know, the teaching aspect, the teaching industry, obviously is very important to me because it's my trade. I mean, that's or it's my trade. That's what I, I've done my whole life. And I don't do it as much as I used to, um, but it's an industry that's very important to me. And I've had a lot of back and forth on this. 
And I've known Scott for, you know, a long time. His, his program decade golf is a fantastic program around course management. And he's really been a leader, I think, in bringing that to the forefront and, and, and the importance of that. And he's helped amateur golf and he's helped so many professional golfers, but at no point should a teacher ever become a storyline as part of the performance and the achievement of a player. And that's what happened here this last week. Will Zaltoris gets his first win and Will, of course, has worked with Scott um, for many years when he was young around course management. In fact, I think Scott has caddied for him for many of his wins um, as a young player. But now when you look at this with Will, he gets the win and then forced now, of course, Will is forced to reach out to Dan Hicks and to reach out to Brad Faxon and put himself and distance himself from Scott. And of course, Scott attacks Dan Hicks, the F word and all this, you know, you know, because of, of Hicks um, comments about Will Zalatoris' putting and Brad Faxon, of course, they have a little bit of history there between the two and it got ugly. I mean, it was it got ugly. F bomb this, F that. You guys don't know what the F you're talking about. Bah, 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 bah. And he's brought a lot of that down since. And of course, I made a comment on there in Twitter and I on Twitter and I said, look, I said, Scott, you know, put your phone down. And Scott and I exchanged text afterwards uh, on it. And 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 simply what I told him was like, look, man, you're better than this. Like you should never put yourself in the middle of something that now your player has to defend, especially after a win. And if that's the case, you're the problem. Now, to Scott's credit, he has since apologized, and I think that's important. But the reality is, and I think the message here to a lot of my young teachers, is you should never be the story, right? You should never be the story afterwards. A teacher, a trainer, a club fitter, a sports psychologist, a statistician, all of these team members and PGA Tour players are a very small percent, very small percent of what's happening with these players. And I think it's important for, for all of you to realize that, right? These guys are winning not because of you. <laughs> now, you may have a small percent of that, but they're hitting the shots, not you, right? And it just drives me nuts when I see coaches put themselves in the middle to this degree, this doesn't happen very often to this degree, but it gets close at times and you see the flexing and this and that of players. And, and, and look like there's a way to go about it, right? I think there's a way to leverage that and market that as a coach when you do teach these players, but make no mistake. If you start getting into a banner over a player on Twitter, F this, F that, give me a break put your phone down and move on. You're not that important. And on that, we move forward. Brandon Matthews he is in Idaho right now, getting ready uh, to start the corn Ferry tour finals, because now you have got the top players from the corn Ferry tour competing with the bottom half of the PGA tour. And now they are coming together through this run of tournaments and now you're going to get some, um, some graduates coming uh, from this next round in the Corn Ferry Tour. The regular season, Brandon Matthews finished 10th. He will be getting some starts beginning uh, in September when the season 
begins at the Fortnite Championship, and we bring him in now from the great state of Idaho, Brandon Matthews. And joining me now from Boise, Idaho. That's right, folks. We are going back to Idaho, getting ready for uh, the next Corn Ferry Tour event. Brandon Matthews. Do I do I understand that it's like uh, it's pretty hot in Boise right now? Yeah, we got uh, like I think this is gonna be the third day in a row over a hundred. And uh, I was just listening to the radio as I was going to get my coffee this morning, and they're saying it's been like over the last twenty days, it's been setting records almost every day. Yeah. See, Idaho, like in Boise, and of course, I grew up in northern Idaho, Brandon, up by Coeur d'Alene, small town, Kellogg, Pinehurst. Um, it's called the Silver Valley. It's uh, it's uh, it's quite the place, and um, that's where I grew up in northern Idaho, which is up in the mountains, and then Boise is in southern idaho and it's like high desert so it's it's much hotter in southern idaho but i'm curious like where you're staying right now does it have an ac unit yeah we have a couple ac units they don't seem to be working got home every day it's like 84 in the house so that that's always really enjoyable i have to wait for the sun to set for it to start to get cool in here sometimes you just got to take what you can get right yeah well you know this is this is fun because you know we've the, the the stripe show podcast we've been doing this for just under two years and one of the things that I enjoy doing is, is introducing to my audience kind of the next crop of players that are working their way uh, into the PGA Tour. And you just finished 10th on the Corn Ferry Tour in the top 25. Nice celebration last week. And um, so congratulations on that. And what is it, I mean, what does it feel like waking up this morning, next event, knowing your card on the PGA Tour is secured and you're going to, I would assume, be in Nampa. Uh, in the middle of September when the season starts over again. So what's this feel like? Glenn Fittich, the world's most awarded single malt scotch whiskey, is expertly crafted and made with extraordinary care. Each single malt is a work of perfection. It's interesting um, because, uh, you know, I I don't think um, the majority of people um, fully understand the different categories of when you get your card, how many tournaments you get in based off of your number, right? So mm-hmm. um, technically, I'm not 10th, okay? I'm going into these playoffs at 10th. And during these playoffs, we jockey spots. Mm-hmm. So, yes, waking up, you know, Monday or waking up, um, you know, the when I actually got a chance to reflect during a week off, that, you know, that week, waking up every day that week kind of, talking to my fiance, talking to my family that, you know, those days are like, wow, okay, we actually did this. But, you know, like a day like today, you know, I, I got a 109 tea time at Banker 107. And, um, you know, I got to go play well today. Right. Um, I have to go play well this week. I have to go play well next week. I have to go play well in Victoria to make sure that I maintain as high of a position as possible. So two through yep. 25 are all in play to move around in any way they possibly can. The guy that finished 25th, okay, Kevin, was it? No, Anders Albertson can go out and win this week and next week and jump up to second. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's a very interesting way that it's done. And, and realistically, um, I had dinner with uh, Justin Lauer last night. And one of the biggest thing that's things that's talked about is, is, um, you know, and and he didn't even bring this up, uh, Someone else did. It's like, hey, Justin Lauer, you know, finished 25th 
on the list coming right. out of last year, and he got in three events in the fall. How does that work? You just, you know, played your ass off mm -hmm. for an entire year on one of the highest levels in golf, mm -hmm. and you only got three starts. And, uh, yeah, and just year. and just to clarify, like to that. So during the regular season, top 25, like that, that gets you into the PGA tour, gets you, you're going to get some starts for that right now, as you go into the playoffs and you have this bottom 75 from the PGA tour that are now competing with you guys into the corn Ferry tour playoffs. If you play well, then you're going to improve your position and get even more starts. Right. And that's kind of how it works. It's interesting. Like when you, or I should say improve your status. It's interesting when you look at how all of this transpired last year. And of course it was kind of a wraparound with COVID, but it's cool to see how well um, a lot of these players are, are doing um, and are still in it right now in the FedEx cup playoffs. Um, when it comes to the top 70, you got players obviously like Wills Al Torres, who was on the corn Ferry tour. I mean, he's currently first after his win. You got Davis Riley, you got Sahith Thagala. They're 26 and 27. Uh, Mito Pereira, uh, Kurt Kitayama, Taylor Pendrith, Alex Smalley. These are all guys that finish just like you in the regular season in the top 25 and are right now still in it in the FedEx Cup. And then you got guys like J.J. Spawn and Trey Mullinex who came down from the PGA Tour to compete in the playoffs, did well, got back onto the PGA Tour, and they're still in it in the top 70. So that just gives you the perspective, right, of the level of play that is happening right now in Boise when you've got 11 of these guys still in the top 70 right now and competing up in, um, in Delaware. So um, best of luck this week and obviously looking to, you know, to improve that status as you wrap around and the season starts just like that, as you said, out there uh, in California. Give my audience... Brandon, um, a little bit about your journey. Um, you know, you're, you're 28, uh, you're from DuPont, Pennsylvania. You went to temple, you turned pro in 2016 and your journey started many tours, right? PGA tour, Latin America onto the corn Ferry tour. And now, um, onto the PGA tour you've made not to get too personal here, but you've made $273,678 to this point on the corn Ferry tour. You got some endorsements. You've got all the, these expenses with your caddy, your agent, all these things that go into being a professional golf and a top 10 player in the corn Ferry tour. These numbers are, you know, they're public. People can see them. What's life like as a professional golfer, top 10 player, the money you're making, is it comfortable? Give us some perspective, what it's like to be you in your shoes as you wake up this morning and, uh, and your quality of life. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I might be a little bit different. Uh, you know, I, again, I grew up in Northeast Pennsylvania. So, um, my fiance grew up very similar in, um, the way she was raised and the way she kind of looks at, uh, financials and stuff like that. So growing up and, and, um, going throughout our lives, comfortability was, for the most part, just getting by. So, um, you know, um, I'm really, really thrilled at where I'm at. Uh, I'm definitely comfortable. Um, I'm happy to do a couple things for, um, you know, me and her, um, my dad, um, 
you know, just happy to, you know, keep that close knit circle and, you know, give back a little bit to just in small ways right now. And obviously hopefully in, in bigger ways down the road um, in ways that, you know, they have obviously given up and sacrificed for me to be where I am today. So it's, it's interesting now um, with the way golf is heading mm-hmm. um, with the financials and everything. I think it's heading in the right direction. I think this is the best example that um, helps people understand uh, where professional golf still is right now. Chris Baker finished 75th on the money list this year, the points list this year um, for the Corn Ferry Tour, I believe. And you can look this up and check me if I'm wrong. I believe he made like 81000 or $82,000. Okay. So realistically out here, you're somewhere in between 1000 and 1500 per week for a caddy fee depending on what you're paying them, $2,000 would be on the highest end. I don't really know anybody that's paying a caddy $2,000 out here, unless it's in the playoffs right now. Got to come down to PJ Tour or whatever. Um, then you have, obviously, rental car expenses that are going to be, especially with how much rental cars have gone up, you know, anywhere. If you're lucky, $450 for the week. And if you're not, it can be up to 1000 Hmm. Okay. Um, hotels, Airbnbs, whatever, you average that out to be about a thousand a week. And then flights or however you get to your next place, you can average that out to 500. And that doesn't include food, that doesn't include other expenses that you incur throughout the week. You know, you, you look at, call it realistically between three and four thousand in an event easily. Um, and if you make, um, a check that week, obviously, great. That's what you're there to do. Um, but, you know, you have to pay your caddy a percentage. An argument that I make for why the PGA Tour should financially support guys through the Corn Ferry Tour more, yep. mm-hmm. in my opinion, is that, um, and even honestly, the top of the developmental tours, I think, should get paid a little bit more. Mm-hmm. because there's the top of the developmental tours who are still in the top 500 of the world. Okay. Now think about that, right? Top 500 in the world. So if you're in the top 500 in the world in anything that you do in the world, okay. Anything in life, any trade, you know, obviously there's going to be a couple exceptions here or there, but especially a professional sport, call it top 500, top 400, top 300, you know, you're, you're doing really, really good, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm ranked somewhere around 230 to 250, depending on where it shook out the last few weeks. And, you know, yeah, 230th to 250th in the world in any other professional sport, you know, you're getting guaranteed money. You're getting checks for, you know, millions of dollars every year. It's interesting. These points um, in this perspective is one that is, I I think is really important for people to hear. And it's a topic I know that's, that's out there for uh, professional golfers, the PGA tour, corn Ferry tour. Um, And they had the meeting up in Vermont, right? Tiger flies in and, and no one knows exactly what they were talking about, but I've, you know, I've been hearing like 
you know, some things that are coming to the surface is this kind of guarantee, right? That you can't make under this. And maybe that discussion is just for the PGA tour. And I heard the number like 500,000, you know, like that's the minimum. Um, you think it's fair. Like you think that it's important. Look, if you are, let's just say the corn fairy tour, if you are a corn fairy tour member, um, like you're guaranteed this right now, you're still going to play. And, and if you miss a cut, then you don't get paid. And, and hopefully you'll, you'll exceed that. But there's a minimum that, that you can, that you're going to make, right. That you know, you're going to make, if you play X amount of events, you, you think that's a little more guarantee. Cause that's the word, right. Live, which I'll ask you about here in a second has exploded the door open on this guaranteed money. Right. And there is no guarantee for professional golfers up to this point. You show up, if you make the cut, you get paid. If you don't, then you don't make anything and you still have all these same expenses. Right. Um, so do you think that the, the sport in general, the tour corn Ferry tour needs to go in a direction where it's like, look, there should be some kind of guarantee where professional golfer, at least like we're out here, we're at least entertaining on Thursday and Friday. <laughs> right. We're part of the entertainment, at least for a couple of days. Now I get it. I don't make cut. I don't get that pay, but there's got to be a, a minimum to, to at least support us to that degree. Do you agree with, do you, do you like that? See, again, professional golf has been professional golf. It's been done like this for forever. It's history. It's, you yeah. know, I, listen, I, I, it's why I love the game. Yeah. Okay. But in the same breath, I've, I've dealt with realizing how difficult it is to get to the top stage and go out there and also succeed. There's guys that are on the PGA tour every year. So this is the top of the top level. You made it right. You, 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 you yep. made it to where you dreamed of being your entire childhood growing up and you go out there and whether you, let's say you battle through some injuries, your swing kind of just goes into a little slump. Say yep. you have some putting woes, whatever the case may be, right? Haymaker Coffee Company was established in 2021 to create the best coffee to fuel the underdogs who perseveres, who hustles, and have the give-it-all mentality to achieve their American dream. Haymaker Coffee, only roast, top quality, specialty-grade coffee beans resulting in brews that satisfies those who demand every drop from their coffee and day. If you work hard, run hard, fight hard, and play hard, we have your coffee right here happens every single year to some guys oh yeah and they finish 200th on the list 205th on the list and they are literally down money for the year wow yeah that's uh that's uh that's an that's an eye-opener there right i mean yeah. that's an important discussion that i think needs to be had and and I, I hope that it goes that way um, and that there is a little more support and guarantee, um, at least on the PGA tour. And I would at least think on the corn Ferry tour because the level of play that's coming from the corn Ferry tour, I mean, obviously the, the importance of what's happening there is, is huge. I mean, it's, there's so many players that have, <laughs> that have played and, and have learned yeah. and have cut their teeth and have built confidence and self-belief on that tour, refining the skills and then going to the PGA tour and becoming a star. Will's out tours right now. Number one in the FedEx. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I think there's a very, very happy medium between 
what I just said, kind of figuring out a structure yeah. where everybody who deserves to be and has earned yeah. that privilege to be paid, whether it's upfront, but there has to be some guarantee, okay, no matter what, in mm -hmm. professional golf, that needs to come to the light soon, okay? Mm -hmm. And there has to be some happy meeting between that and still making sure our top players are taken care of to the highest degree, which obviously increases in prize money and stuff like that, I feel like is going to do most of it. Mm -hmm. But um, also the PGA Tour, I know, is looking at creating different streams of revenue to make sure that we have, you know, a bigger pie, basically. Yeah. So that we can, um, you know, afford to do all this. Obviously, you know, everybody knows about the reserve now and so on and so forth. But at the end of the day, it's it's you can't compete with the Saudi investment fund. You can't. Yeah. It's 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 impossible. I, I heard an unbelievable stat. Um, someone told me. Uh, I think it was actually at the U.S. Open. Someone told me this because right before they went over to London, uh, something came out that the Saudi investment fund, okay, had spent 0 0.01 yeah. of what they have on live so far. And they spent north of a billion. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, you're that's not, psychotic. You can't compete with that. I mean, that's a, that, that's a business model that you can't compete with, you know, and there, there is no, they say there's a business model and I know they're going to try to sell these franchises and this and that, but I mean, guaranteeing that kind of money is crazy. So, you know, just yeah. on, on those lines, I mean, this, you know, whatever side people fall on, I try to keep this a uh, pretty neutral here on the podcast and I've had both perspectives on, on the podcast over the last couple months. Um, I mean, I had Brian Erlocker on the hall of fame linebacker who I know, and he's, drilling a hole in me on Friday and how great live is, you know, and this and that. And, you know, he brings up some valid points and then, you know, obviously then he got the other side of it. And, you know, so there's, there's, um, that's a whole nother discussion, right? Getting into the, to the depth of that. But the reality is, is live has come out and a competitor. It's made the PGA tour think differently. Um, and I think above all that, the player has gained so much more leverage, Brandon. I mean, you couldn't be probably coming into professional golf right now at a better time because you've no got question about so it. much leverage um, as a player. So here's Liv. I mean, you know, maybe they send you a text. Hey, Brandon, we're interested. You know, you, you can take that call. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it, it's 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 very, very interesting, honestly. Yeah. For, for me, I'm, I'm, again, I'm a little different. I, again, where I grew up, the way I kind of got to where I am now, um, I was never really given anything. I've, I've been fortunate enough to meet some great people along the way who have helped me get to where I am because like what we talked about before, it's, it's, it's impossible really to do this without sponsors. Yeah. Um, yep. starting out, um, unless, you know, you have family money or, um, you know, you sign up, big old contract out of college and you have immediate success and just go. Um, but, you know, starting out and kind of in the middle there um, where I fell from corn ferry back to Latin and had to get back from Latin to corn ferry, I had to have a little bit of help there and 
Um, I've had some great people around me along the way, but you know, I've never really been given anything. Mm -hmm. Um, so I've worked my ass off. Um, and I, I love golf, so it doesn't seem like work to me. I've been very fortunate that I kind of fell in love with this game in every aspect and I'm a little bit of a sicko with it. You know, there's a lot of guys I'm sure, you know, that, you know, kind of look at it as a job and kind of drag their head down. You see them walking around every, it's, I'm not like that. When I go home and take time off, uh, my fiance has to literally like almost hide my clubs in order for me to not play golf. And, uh, you know, she'll yell at me once in a while. It's funny, but I mean, I worked really hard to get to this point and to take away the um, slight desire, maybe if that's the right word to get better because of, you know, yeah. The complacency that comes with guaranteed money to that degree mm. um, is something that I'm not the biggest fan of. Um, but in the same breath, with all that being said, You're I do come. You're going to listen. I do come from where I come from. Yeah. Um, you know, my my family doesn't have money. You know, I can take care of my children, my grandchildren, I can figure out a way to make sure that my entire fiance's family is okay. Every, Mm -hmm. all my friends, like I, I can take care of people and not worry about it and live the life that no pun intended, live the life that I want. Yeah. Um, throughout, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it just, there's so many avenues that you can talk about with this, this whole thing, but yeah. realistically that in my opinion is the only, is the only way where if you're in a position to realistically gain generational wealth that you do not already have and take care of X amount of people, I mean, I feel like you can't be really knocked for that. And and honestly, no. even, even like, you know, call it Brooks, honestly. I mean, this is people, you know, obviously there's certain people that feel certain ways about Brooks, but I mean, Brooks and Chase are out there. I, I can't imagine there wasn't something to do with his brother for his decision to do that. And, you know, I think, talking about family and, and taking care of your family and doing all that is, is a great thing. So people that are really knocking on the live tour and, and, and kind of dogging on them a bunch over the past few months and year or whatever, I, you know, you can dog on the live tour, but don't dog on the individuals that you don't know what position that they're in. Mm-hmm. They're just going for more money. And at the end of the day, we're independent contractors. Um, I think, I think, it's it's okay to go after the the industries, but the the individuals, uh, you know, they're making their own decisions. I understand that, you know, obviously there's a lot that comes with it from, you know, the background of uh, of Saudi and so on and so forth. But you know, there's there's certain situations where you got to put your family and financials in that sense ahead of 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 that. Yeah. Yeah, no, there's, there's, I've never dogged and look, I've, I've taken a beating on the podcast on some of the questions and, you know, flags that I've raised about live and not thinking that that business model perhaps is, 
exactly what in the end professional golf needs. And I almost feel like at this point it's, they're becoming more of just a disruptor than actually a, a real business model that they want to sustain and work with the PGA tour on. But at the same time, look, if someone offers you that kind of money and you go, I mean, that's look, that's good for you. You know, now going and coming back and soon and trying to get your way back in having your cake and eat it too is a whole nother discussion, but let's, let's talk a little bit about your game here. Um, as we, uh, as we wrap the, the podcast, but, um, you know, you're kind of a late bloomer, right? I mean, you're 28 and you know, you went to temple and you've kind of worked your way up and then you had to go back down to Latin America. Now you're back up to corn Frazier. Now here you are, right. Coming onto the PGA tour at the 28th, you made the cut at the U S open, um, this year and tell people about your game. You know, you're, you're a long hitter, Brandon, it says 319 yards on average, right now, but I know you're, that's like cruising speed for you. <laughs> I, I have a feeling, I have a feeling that 319 is just your, your fairway finder. Uh, three, yeah, the 319 is very skewed. Cause so that's, that's the corn ferry driving distance. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. So yeah. they, they, they measure two holes every okay. round that so go in important. opposite directions. And yep. a lot of the holes that they pick throughout the year, I'm hitting three iron on. So. Okay. So there you go, folks. Give us your, give us your assessment of your game right now. Um, your strengths, the things that you've been working on, where your improvements you feel like you've made that have helped propel you now to the next level. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've worked really hard on uh, my short game putting and, and just control of my golf ball um, with, you know, my, my, uh, my different coaches that I have. Uh, Brian Simmons with my short game has been incredibly instrumental to, my success over the past few years. Uh, Dale Gray's worked on my swing with me for, uh, God, three years now. That's crazy. Um, so over the past three years, we've gotten my swing more efficient. Um, so it's gotten more consistent. Um, and then I started working with, uh, Todd Stones a little bit on my putting and, um, uh, I started working with Todd in Chicago. And I yep. believe I was like somewhere around 130th or so in putting. And I think I'm up to high fifties now. Yeah. So, you know, that's a big change from, you know, whatever that is, nine, 10 events into the season to now. Um, and those are the kind of small things that, you know, for me are incredibly important. Um, you know, just, just straight up efficiency, right. Getting yeah. more consistent because, you know, I've always had speed. I've been fortunate enough to have that, but realizing, you know, for me to, to dial it back is so hard Yeah. because all I've, all the only way I've grown up is just to hit everything hard baseball. Um, you know, I, I was, I was a home run hitter. I tried to just absolutely, you know, yeah. mutilate everything that came, came to the plate and, um, golf you know my dad sat me on a tee when i was five years old and said hit it over this pond so i just tried to hit it as hard as i can over a pond and then he he moved me back a tee when i hit it over the pond so that's you know that's how mm -hmm. i grew up so for me it's 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 been difficult but um a great challenge and i think honestly we're getting to a point right now where we're figuring out a few really great things um, in order to keep it consistent, um, hit a lot more fairways and still maintain a lot of that distance, maybe give up a little, but maintain a lot of it. 
what so what is your cruising speed are you like 126 you think miles yeah, per hour? i mean yeah tournament tournament wise i just cut down my driver to 43 and a half inches oh, so wow. um i haven't done enough work with it to yeah. kind of really understand the exact numbers on it yet mm-hmm. um so you know uh normally before i did that my cruising speed on course would be 27 28 yeah. Um, sometimes get up to 30 if I have, you know, open par five, downwind par five kind of situation, trying to hit it over a creek, whatever it is. Um, carry would be, you know, a fairway finder with my old driver. I'd be carrying somewhere around 330. Um, and then, you know, if I was hit one hard, you know, I can get it up to 340 to 360. Gary, wow! So you're longer than Bryson. We'll see if he wants to admit. <laughs> what's it like? What's it like cracking the face of a driver? Like you, oh, how many? You so cracked put, put a put a number on how many faces you've cracked in the last two years. Uh, so usually a month and a half ish <laughs> out of or to two months out of a driver. I would say if I'm, you know, really practicing hitting balls, whatever. Um, in 2018, I went through 16 dry reds. Jeez. So that was that was a little frustrating because, you know, at the end of the day, no matter how great you are at building a club, you can be the best club builder in the world to get the exact weight and exact weight distribution in the head for it to feel the same. And then that to match up with the shaft to exactly get the same feel off the face. And there's so many things that go into one particular driver that it's so hard to match up exactly. I mean, they'll get it close, but to get it exact is so difficult. And that's why, you know, um, it does get a little frustrating sometimes when drivers start caving in and cracking because the consistency is just hard to match. Yeah, I'm sure you got to. I'm sure you got to travel with like three or four of them, right? That you're that always a backup. <laughs> I bet. Well, look, let that let that dog hunt, right? Let that driver hunt. That'll um, that'll bold well. A little fade, I would imagine. Fairway finder out there about three thirty. Get it in play. You know, I mean, you, you see the trends on on the PGA Tour, solid iron game, man. You, yeah, you, you have you have you have length, and a solid iron game. You're, you, I mean, you're gonna keep your card forever because you're gonna have your putting weeks, right? I mean, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna have your good putting weeks. But man, if you're just giving yourself ample opportunities all the time, and you're in that top third of strokes gain approach, watch out, especially with your length. I mean, like you know, you're going to blitz it. So congratulations, man. It's cool to see things going your way um, in Thank professional you. golf. And I understand you're getting married in September too. So there you go. Yeah. I'm, I'm believe me. That's the thing I'm most like about you. Let's see if she keeps me for that long. <laughs> well, mine's kept me for what? 13 years now. So I don't know, you know, when you find the right one though, right? Like when you find the oh, right one, you got to congratulations, man. Thanks for joining us and good luck this week in Idaho. Thanks, Trap. Appreciate it.